Brendan Moore, Johnny Jones for the Black Futures podcast here in Las Vegas, Nevada at the 100th year of the NAB show, National Associates and Broadcasters 2023. Welcome to the show. It's my first one. It's your first my one. My first one so far. Uh, it's been amazing. It's been overwhelming in a great way. Just uh, seeing all of the technology, especially as a camera guy, literally every camera brand here at NAB 2023. So just glad to be a part. You said the most because I'm doing tours again, just like at CES, and I walk through Sony. We love Sony. <laughs> and then we go by Ari. Canon's over there doing some flyness. Here's what I'm enjoying about the camera companies. They've hired actors and bands to sit in a scene, like a false interior set, and it makes us into cameramen. Yeah, that was a really great setup. If you've been to B&H in New York City, you know, when you go there, they have all of the different cameras you can put your hand on. So I thought, man, that's pretty cool. But the setup here, having the actors there or the talent there, and all of the different cameras, and you can see on large monitors what you're creating, what you're crafting, you know, that's an amazing experience. That makes you pull up the phone right now. How much is this camera? <laughs> like, like, that's a great way to sell the camera. So kudos on whoever created that concept. Buzzwords for this show. In the cloud. Yes. Everybody is doing something in the cloud. What have you seen about cloud computing or anything cloud related? Uh, definitely it's being positioned as a necessity as businesses move forward, especially content, data, having a place where these things will live uh, forever is a hard word to say, but a very long time safely, and uh, that is easily accessible. Right. So back to the camera companies, shooting directly to cloud. Now, as a person who handles a lot of cameras, how do you feel about the idea that you might shoot and your stuff is trusted to go directly to the cloud? I may be the wrong person to ask that question because I'm the person who's shot things that has lost the memory card or had a memory card become corrupted or just who knows what happens with footage. So to be able to shoot and know that it's going somewhere out of my hands immediately, I'm well, all see, for it. Well, that's the question. <laughs> Do we know? Because, yes, we've all had something dump on us, the hard drive or the card crash on us. What happens when you're shooting and let's say you lose internet connectivity? Now that's a scary thought. Does it buffer? Is there a hard drive on the cam? I don't know. And I, I, that's a good question for tomorrow. That is a great question. I was just thinking I'm going to have to take that to one of these representatives actually myself. Now, how do you handle your color corrections when you're shooting video? I take it in uh, Final Cut 10, and I get in the weeds, like, just macerating that color myself. That's another thing that they've got. Shoot from your cam, it uploads to the cloud automatically, and color correction happens in the cloud. AI is being trained to do the color correction for you where you can do the final pass, but it's doing your first couple passes for you. What do you think of that? I think that's gonna be something that's kept on the wraps because that editing is a nice line item when we're putting those budgets <laughs> together. So, <laughs> you know, if that is implemented, that's something that won't be pushed out there too heavily. Now, I've been having this conversation with uh, one of our mutual friends, Dwayne Meekins, who was mm -hmm. with us at CES. Yep. So we, we should pour out a little iced tea for the brother who's not <laughs> right. here. We talked about AI especially like in the era of chat GPT and other graphic models and language models that everybody's becoming more aware of and it's evident at the show and he was making the point that it could have a negative impact on education meaning kids no longer already don't know how to do some things that maybe happened when we were growing up how many kids learn to write cursive anymore right so he's saying is writing going the way of cursive meaning kids won't even have that skill down the line 
I think the short answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> like there are already reports of having to be created systems where teachers are able to tell if a kid That's is writing right. a paper utilizing Chat G G GPT. So I mean, yeah, it, it, it will. Right, I think so too. Now here's my point and my response to to Dwayne. The COVID pandemic was something that hit the entire world at the same time. There were no advantages or disadvantages given to any community because we all got hit by the same thing. And I believe that AI in this space is the same. It means it's not just gonna hit American kids, it's gonna hit kids all over the world who have first world level access to the internet. So at least that, at least we won't be set at a deficit unequal to other societies because all these other societies are going to have to deal with the potential for AI not necessarily taking your jobs, but people who know how to use the AI correctly potentially taking your jobs. Yeah. So that's interesting. I think pretty much everyone in all forms of our society, we're going to have to start looking at the implementation of AI and then how individually we'll still find a space within it. I think that was maybe one of the first conversations we had in passing yesterday, yep. just figuring out where we will fit in once AI is just really a standard of realized. our society. That's yeah. right, yeah. Another thing that's a big deal at the show is metadata. Before we go into what tomorrow looks like, talk about what yesterday looks like in terms of metadata use in your shots and like what is being recorded on your photos and on your video. Yeah, I mean, I think we can add metadata to individual clips, whether it's one second or however long your camera will allow. And you can say, well, this is this, this, this. And so just collectively, we have some sense of what's on there. But I think you can kind of share what we're headed to as far as yeah. being able to Of all the things that are some of the metadata. most impressive thing that we've seen is how Microsoft and AWS using AI and machine learning are training an AI model on just a few, maybe 45 minutes worth of video saying, hey, this is Larry, this is a baseball glove, this is Spot, this is a Sky, and then turning that AI model loose on entire volumes of video and frame by frame, metadata is being applied across the board. And what does that do? It makes that whole library completely searchable. Let's say you take the seven seasons of Star Trek The Next Generation and I only <laughs> want to see scenes where Captain Picard has said something snarky to Will Riker. Bam, it can pull him up second by second and say, this is the episode, these are the spots, and if you click it, take you right to that frame. That's incredible. That's amazing. Uh, I'm interested to see once that becomes like a, a norm of our society. I think we, I mentioned yesterday that I saw an account on Twitter, a guy said, I'm going to tweet every frame of Breaking Bad. And it took him two years. To, he would do it per day. Right. It took him two years to do it. He finished up one day last week. And that was before being here at NAB. And I thought, man, like, how did he do that? He said it was bots. But even still, just being able to break it down that way. Right. And so now you're saying that each frame will have the metadata tied with it. Like, that just... Let me give another example of why that's cool. So video has been recorded and archived for decades and decades and decades, right? What if we want to see every instance where Will Smith wore a shirt that had blue in it? We can do that instantaneously. Or let's say we want to see every frame where Will Smith was in a shot with a woman and made the face the damn, damn, the damn face. <laughs> His whole video catalog, we can do that. Instantly. Instantly. Because AI is doing the drudgery while we're asleep. Yeah. We've trained it 
and now it's applying labels to each frame of footage so we can quickly search it and catalog it. Can you imagine the implications in news? I mean, across the board, I'm hoping we find a way to keep that fine line between AI making our lives better and AI running our lives. Yeah, because we've all seen Terminator 2, The Matrix, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've heard this story before. <laughs> it was fiction before, so. Right. I think that's what society does. Like, we push all the way until, like, we just step one step past the line. Like, oh, wait, maybe we should go back. Yeah, one, yeah, yeah. One frame. Oh, yeah. Disconnected from the internet. <laughs> you don't want the Ultron to be the deal. Avengers yeah, Ultron yeah. was all about what happens when AI gets sentience and decides that the real problem with Earth is us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> humans. Yeah. Good. One other thing that I was really excited about was ghost framing. Mm -hmm. Can you explain what ghost framing is? It's like, well, you explained it better because you, you were in the weeds on it. You spoke with the people. I'm down a rabbit hole yeah, on ghost framing. Yeah, so yeah, was, we know about virtual production. Mm -hmm. And it's the idea that though this is a real thing that we're standing in front of, this backdrop, it doesn't have to be, right? You could have put a green screen here and then in post-production you could have put some other image back behind us. The next level is, instead of it being a green screen, you put an LED wall behind us. And the LED wall is connected to a data processing machine that also is tracking the movement of the camera. So every time the camera moves, the LED wall adjusts to make sure that the perspective is right and we look like we're really standing somewhere that was actually just an image in the computer. Yeah. The limitation to that is it's only one camera at a time. So if I want to shoot a scene with Johnny, we're going to have to do it two or three times in this position, then move the camera, then do it three times, that position, do it again. The reason is because if you had a second camera, it would notice the LED wall moving behind us. Well, ghost framing has solved that. Ghost framing says, I can now run multiple cameras, but this camera will only see every third frame. That camera will only see every third frame, and that camera will only see every third frame. Now, you can adjust this image behind us for each camera, and you can do that virtual production in yep. one shot, just like a regular traditional production. I'm glad you explained that. But wait, there's, <laughs> there's more. <laughs> what if Johnny Jones is king of Jonesland and I'm the king of Moreland, and we are not all that great and friendly, but we decide we're gonna do a live sit down. We're gonna sit down and do it live on TV. But your people don't agree with my people on who should have top billing. So the broadcast in Jonesland needs to have Johnny Jones and then Real Small Text and Brendan Moore. And in, in Moretown, it's got to say Brendan Moore and then Small Text Johnny Jones. Now we can do it. With that one live sit down, we can do two broadcasts with two totally different backgrounds being shown to our different recipient streams. And that's incredible. That's amazing. Technology is fun. Innovation is fun. There's some really smart people out here working. I'm getting tired trying to keep up with it. <laughs> yeah, it's moving pretty fast. Listen, my name is Brendan Moore. This is the Black Futures Podcast. We are in Las Vegas with my great friend Johnny Jones, bringing you the latest and greatest in innovation from our very specific cultured perspective.